I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. As more women enter the technology field, they can come across challenges to grow in their careers. Part of these challenges are because there are still not a lot of women in technology. So we might come across biases that affect our development and the tech community. Fortunately, as other women learn from their experiences, they have built support groups and platforms to help other women learn and grow in the tech industry. Seema Gururaj, founder and CEO of Square Circle, talks about a platform that she built to empower other women in different areas. We are also joined by Maya Ackerman, founder and CEO of Wave AI, and also a computer engineering professor at Santa Clara University. Maya talked about her work in artificial intelligence and how Seema's work has helped her in her career. Dima Gawi, executive coach and founder of a consulting company focused on advancing individuals in leadership, also joined us. She explained the role of networking in advancing your career and tips to improve in leadership. Dima has two decades of corporate experience at IBM, Merrill Lynch, and Intuit. If you're interested in artificial intelligence, check out MTech Digital 2018. This is a conference that brings together entrepreneurs, innovators, and policy leaders to discuss the latest technologies. The event is on March 26 to 27 in San Francisco. I went there last year and I highly recommend it. This year, there will be discussions ranging from the next generation of AI to its effects on the enterprise, healthcare, finance, and transportation. Check it out. Again, the event is called MTech Digital. That's E-M Tech, one word, then digital. This event is organized by the MIT Technology Review in San Francisco. Check it out. Seema, Maya, and Dima are joining us today to talk about Square Circle. This is a professional platform where women technologists can grow their profile as experts and be discovered by event curators. First, I want to begin with you, Seema, the founder and CEO of Square Circle. Being a woman in technology like you, I see that there's not a lot of women. There are women working on important things and shaping technology. And I'm also trying to do this with this podcast to surface those women because the community needs to hear about them and to learn from them in order to tackle in some way the diversity problem that we have. So I want to ask you, what was your motivation for starting this platform? And can you explain a bit what the platform is? Well, thank you, Adina, for this opportunity. So let me talk to you a little bit about the motivation for why I started Square Circle. So this whole concept of Square Circle was perhaps simmering within me for several years. And to answer this question, I sort of have to put on three different hats that I wore during my you know, career journey. 
The first one is that of being a woman technologist myself. That was my background. I have a degree in computer science and I was at IBM for nine years. And I had a fantastic career there. You know, I loved the work that I did. And I often wondered, you know, I wish there was somebody who told me how I could channel that passion that I had for technology. If I had somebody to sort of share that aspect with me, I would have loved to talk about the work that I did. And I would have made a great ambassador for the company, right? So that is sort of one hat. And the second hat is that of, you know, when I was the director of the Grace Hopper celebration. So I ran the Grace Hopper conference from 2011 to 2015. And part of what I enjoyed doing was finding these amazing women to give this high visibility stage to, right? I mean, it took me about four months or so to find these women, but we did find them. But what I observed landed up happening was, you know, once they were on stage and once all of us heard about them and the awesome stuff that they've been working on, you go back into the real world and you pull up a magazine or you, you know, you listen to, you see these top visionaries, XXX lists, right, that, um, that get published ever so often and our names are missing. We are completely missing from those conversations. And then the third hat was when I went back into the corporate organization, I saw that there was clearly an opportunity to develop these women who were, of course, you know, they were no doubt like you, Adina and and Maya and all of us here were doing amazing work. And so that noise or that, you know, what do you call it, that angst to do something about it became louder and louder, Mm -hmm. which is sort of why I created Square Circle. Yes. And it's similar to what I found, you know, it, does take time to find these women because we have a problem in our industry. But what I've also found with past guests in the show is that they approach prominent women in technology and they get asked to give a diversity talk or the lady panel or talk about what it feels to be a woman in tech. And they put on their website, don't invite me to give those talks. Like I want to talk about cloud computing, operating systems and things like that. So that's part of what I think we need to have more of. Exactly. And talk a little bit about Square Circle. You've given the three different motivations of starting it, but what does it look like? Yeah. So Square Circle, like you said, it's a platform that helps women, regardless of where they're at in this visibility journey, right? You have a lot of women who are sort of want to be invisible, either because they're like, you know, I don't really know, I don't really want to talk about the work I'm doing. Or even if it's not a confidence issue, it's like, okay, I know I'm confident enough to talk about but what am I going to talk about? So, you know, their technical brand is often, you know, I find that that's the place where they need a lot of help figuring that technical brand out. What are they going to talk about? So the women I help range all the way from you know, those women to the women who are pretty confident, you know, they've been talking a lot in these women tech events, and now they're ready to become industry influencers, right? That's the second level of people who are out there. And finally, I also cater to those women who deserve to be on the cover of magazines, period. They are already like Maya we have here on the podcast. And, you know, these are women who are already creating amazing things and they are creating the future of technology. But yet press media still go to the same voices and same people and the same sort of tech areas to solicit perspectives. Mm -hmm. So from helping the women's perspective, that's the sort of the spectrum of women that I invite to join the platform. 
Now, what I also do is connect them to opportunities. And as engineers, you probably understand when I use the word opportunity aggregator. So that's what I am. So the opportunities I provide the women are not just speaking, not just, you know, podcasts. There are a plethora of different opportunities that establish you as an industry influencer, serving on committees, speaking, press, media, you know, podcasts, so many different ways in which you can still establish yourself as an industry influencer in a manner that feels authentic to you. Yes. So that's sort of what Square Circle's about, Elena. Before we move on to hearing from Maya and Dima about their experience, I just want to get a little bit of more understanding. For example, if I sign up to this platform, do I see videos about public speaking or content or do I get on a phone call with a coach? What exactly is in the platform once somebody signs up? What can they expect? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you sign up, you sort of see two different tracks. One is the learning aspect of it and the other one is growth aspect of it. So in the growth tab is really where you'll see all these different types of opportunities, um, you know, speaking, podcasts, whatever it is, right? The different types of opportunities. That is your bucket. But learning, I have a mixture of different, you know, sort of different uh, modes of learning. So you have coaches like Dima on the platform who are willing to provide you that one-on-one coaching. You know, we have podcasts, we have videos, we have courses, we have different ways in which a person can choose to learn. And I sort of did that on purpose because, you know, fundamental understanding that different people learn differently. Some are self-paced and some, you know, like me, I like talking to an individual. So I like, you know, I would definitely pick up the phone and want to talk to somebody. And that's how I learn. Or I learn, you know, in a more interactive setting. So these are the different ways in which people can learn these skills as well. And Maya, you are specializing in machine learning and artificial intelligence, and you use this platform, Square Circle. In your opinion, why is it important to have more women involved in conversations specifically about artificial intelligence? Oh, wow. It's a lot of very interesting questions. Well, having come from academia, sort of grown up in academia after 12 years of education and right now in my fourth year as a professor and most recently having become the co-founder and CEO of my company, Wave AI, right now I feel the gender gap more than ever. As a lot of women who do amazing things, of course, and luckily some of us do get recognition, but uh, the psychological factors that come along with living in a society where When we think founder, when we think CEO, the most immediate images that come to all of our minds, whether we are men or women, are invariably men, unless we are deep in the field. You don't need to be a founder or CEO or even a technologist to know who founded Facebook and to know that that's a guy, to know that the two founders of Google are guys. And so as little girls grow up, as uh, women graduate with PhDs in computer science, they don't necessarily think that they can found their own companies because they have so few very well-known role models. And I think that what Sima is doing towards correcting that is wonderful. And my own personal experiences uh, with what she has done have been absolutely life-altering. Yes, and what you mentioned that highly resonates is 
you're saying there's these psychological factors that a lot of us might think CEO and in our minds, we see a man, but even in search engines, this is where we see this parity also, I think. You type CEO and most of the images are going to be guys. Absolutely. And what makes this so challenging is that it's almost entirely subconscious. So when I met with Seema, I've already been a professor for about three years, and I didn't think that there were any glass ceilings that I was supposed to fight against. I didn't even realize that there were any sort of... uh, boundaries to me imagining myself as a CEO. And she was definitely instrumental towards undoing some of these social influences for me. Before we talk about the ways in which you've used Square Circle, you mentioned you founded Wave AI. Can you give a bit of background of what this company is doing? Absolutely. I'd love to. So um, Wave AI was born very much out of my own experiences, um, tracing back perhaps uh, to my PhD. I was studying machine learning, focusing on theoretical foundations of cluster analysis. I was very, very much in love with this work. But around the middle of my PhD, my husband started taking voice lessons, and I was jealous, and I wanted to take voice lessons as well. And so I signed up to take voice lessons and I was terrible at first, but it took me about nine months to get to a point where I became semi-professional, essentially giving rise to two parallel lives where I was uh, going to get postdocs and becoming a computer science professor in half of my life. And then the other part of my life that was also very important to me, I was a musician and I was performing and occasionally, you know, even having paid gigs. And it was that part of my life was becoming increasingly important. Now, this might seem like a small detail, but it ends up being really crucial because I wanted to create original songs. And uh, of all things that I can do, it so happened that coming up with original melodies was not one of those things. And after trying for about three years, I was unable to come up with original songs, and I was uh, coming very close to giving up on that. Now, coming up with original songs is very important for a musician, because that's pretty much the way to move forward. It was from my other life that the solution came when I discovered computational creativity, which looks at the computer as something that can be either autonomously creative or can be viewed as a legitimate co-creative partner in a similar way as you might collaborate with another human being on an artistic piece. And so the instance that I heard this latter idea, I was at a conference on the International Conference of Computational Creativity when somebody in passing suggested that a computer can be a creative partner. In that second, I came up with the idea of creating a system, an artificial intelligence that would help me come up with original melodies for my lyrics. That's awesome. Yeah. And when I got back within three months, uh, David Locker and I, who is uh, now a co-founder, we had a very early prototype of Alicia, which is our songwriting AI. And then uh, later on, my student, Christopher Cassian, also joined us. And it's been about uh, about a two-year journey. The product has been, we've been developing it for about two years, and uh, the startup is much newer. The current version has been up online at trialicia.com over the past month. And it's been just a really exhilarating journey to be able to share what I've originally created for myself with other musicians and producers. And did you start this company prior to being on Square Circle, or was it after Square Circle? It's very much intertwined. Uh, So 
This is dating back about two years ago when the product was born, when we had a very, very early prototype, you know, essentially no user interface, everything through command line. It's so funny looking back. And the moment that I could come up with songs for the first time in my life was the earliest prototype of Alicia. And that moment, I knew that it's going to be useful for other people as well. But the journey of going from that realization to actually putting in a lot of time and resources into creating a company, that that was a leap for me. And uh, I very distinctly remember my first meeting with Seema. We were at a restaurant getting lunch and I was telling her about all these ideas and uh, how I think it'd be great to take Alicia commercially because I think other people would really benefit from it. And she said, I forget the exact words, but essentially she was telling me, yes, you should do it. You should start this company. That's a great idea. And she was very, very encouraging. And it was definitely her encouragement that was very key to me thinking, wait, maybe that's really something that I can do. And gradually through that, it's a very personal, deeply personal journey. I became aware of all these invisible boundaries that were affecting me as well. I mean, I thought that I somehow had managed uh, to grow up as a woman technologist without falling into all the traps, but apparently that wasn't the case. And the more aware I became of the fact that I had trouble imagining myself as a CEO the easier it became to actually overcome these boundaries once they became visible to me. And I definitely thank Seema for um, for pushing me in this direction and for being excited along with me for the potential of this company. And I saw Square Circle focuses on different areas like building your brand, polishing speaking and presentation skills. Is there a particular area other than the one you just mentioned that you felt you needed to work on more? Um, that's a good question. Perhaps. I mean, that, that was uh, not really um, part of Square Circle that Sima and I addressed together. Uh, but I do want to mention one specific way that she's been very helpful. Uh, in particular, uh, she uh, helped organize for me to join a panel about artificial intelligence and machine learning. And after the panel, uh, she introduced me to an investor who then later introduced me to another investor, which actually led to Waves AI first investment and led us to officially opening up the company. That was really central to Waves AI. I believe that Seema might have a question or a comment. Oh, yes. Seema, did you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to chime in a little bit, Adina, here. because um, So on Square Circle, we have three different levels of membership. And with Maya, she's sort of our expert level member. So we, we connect her directly to PR. So we sort of work with her in, you know, in a very accelerated way with a very personalized strategy depending on, you know, to help her with Wave AI and the work that she's doing in that space, which is a little different from you know, the women who are still beginning their visibility journey and who might need more help with the branding or speaking skills or writing skills. I just wanted to sort of share that aspect with your listeners as well. I see. Yes. And I guess this goes back to the initial two tracks that you mentioned, learning and growth. Correct. Yes. For example, me right out of college when I joined the first company, And after I started recording this podcast, I noticed weakness in my speaking skills. So people early on could benefit from this and it helps a lot in their day-to-day jobs, meetings and things like that, I think. Exactly. And that's sort of the perfect puzzle piece where Dima comes in, right? Yes. I want to talk about that next, actually. So Dima, you're a coach in this platform and you've worked in several companies like IBM and Intuit. And at these companies, you've gained experience developing leaders and 
you're particularly passionate about making these leaders grow in a given organization or in their own organizations. So I want to begin with what is the job of a coach? The job of a coach is to help the individual see beyond their potential. What I realize, a lot of people, they have hopes and dreams and aspirations, but they limit themselves because of fears of their own insecurities. And the job of a coach is not just to help them realize that, like achieve that dream, but to help them even see beyond that dream and to hold their hand as they're going through the journey. Is it similar to a mentor? So here's the way I think of a mentor and a coach. I've had a lot of mentors when I worked for IBM and Merrill Lynch and Intuit, and they're usually individuals within the company that are not paid and they help because of the kindness of their heart and they want to make a difference in the individual's life. They may not be totally experienced or understand the coaching methods. They just want to help. With a coach, is different. The coach goes through a coaching program. The coach is aware of much more than just the actual function that the individual is working in. The coach is helping the person advance fully, personally and professionally. So, and of course, the coach is paid for his or her time, which is very important too, because we need to invest in ourselves in order to hire the right people to guide us in the journey. And what are the areas in coaching that you like to explore more? So my favorite is uh, public speaking to help individuals, specifically women, become better speakers and also help them in building their speaking business. So this is, again, beyond than just standing on the stage and giving a speech. This is being paid for the speech and being paid for their expertise. So this is one. My second favorite one is to help people in their transition. So as part of the transition, it could be for them to start a company. It could be for them to transition to a higher level within their organization. And what I love about that is we do a lot of self-discovery, branding, um, help them understand what is their value, how they are different, and work with them to take them through the process of getting to the destination that they want to go to. Mm -hmm. And building your own brand can be a bit overwhelming at first. At least it was for me when I started it and I don't actively do it a lot. But what are some of the ways in which somebody can amplify their voice in a sea of information like the internet? Oh, so how to make their voice heard in a place similar to the internet. First is to continue to share their expertise, uh, whether it is commenting on social media, specifically LinkedIn posts, or uh, writing blogs, and not just writing any blog for the sake of writing, to, to continue to differentiate themselves with the messages that they are sharing. So this is one, not everybody has a blog. Not everybody is comfortable, which I'm surprised about, being on social media and commenting on LinkedIn. But what I realized is if we are not online, we don't exist. And that's why we need to continue to engage with groups, with professional, like professional groups on, on social media and to share our expertise. This is the challenge I realize with women. Many women, they're not comfortable talking about what they're experts in. They're worried that it would come across as if they're bragging, but they don't realize there's a whole difference between bragging and really showing 
their value and showing their expertise. Mm -hmm. And it's not just women in a specific country or culture, religion, or experience. It just seems all the women I'm working with, they face the same negative internal belief regarding those. So we help them as coaches to discover their voices, to share their expertise, and to get them to the next level. And one of the things I started seeing more of last year is touching on the topic of blogs is if you don't have your own blog, sometimes because it's a lot of work, I've seen this organizations like Free Code Camp or Practical Dev, where they have their own publication in Medium and people can submit blog posts and then it gives you visibility within their communities. And it's a good place to start, I think. Yes, we totally need to stop hiding and just being uh, doing our job and trying our best to be the best in what we are doing. That's good to be the best, but we need to continue to promote our experience and to continue to share our knowledge with other people. Because when we're valuable outside our job, we are even more valuable for the companies we're working for. Are there any other trends that you've seen through coaching in addition to the one you mentioned where women might feel like they're bragging if they start being more active in social media and writing blog posts? Is there anything else that you found surprising? Yeah, what I'm realizing is more and more women, they want to grow. They want to advance. They're ready to invest in themselves. And this is extremely positive. I think that they've had it. They're tired of being told the same stories of the wage gap and poor us, and they want to take action and change their lives. And these are the types of women that we are empowering even more and more and helping them grow and uh, expand their potential. So I'm seeing that, and I'm surprised that I'm seeing it even more in like in diverse groups. So like African-American women, Asian women, it is so amazing that they are investing and they want to help themselves to grow. So I love that. And then, so this is something that I'm realizing. And what they also realize that their education is great. It got them the job, but they need to continue to uh, develop their skills and have somebody on their side, like a coach to help them. Uh, because our education, even if we have a PhD, most of the time that master's PhD or even just a bachelor is not equipping us to compete and to show our value. So this is one of the things I'm seeing. And it is, I think, balancing the other negative side of the voices that women tell themselves, the messages that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough. What if I'm going to be judged? Maybe I should just stay quiet. So that happens too. But because they're investing in themselves and they want to challenge the norm, that is balancing things out. And it's positive for everybody. The last thing I want to ask you is a more about making leaders grow in an organization. For example, I've heard different stories, like you do something very impactful and then you might reach a senior level within the company, but then to get to the CVP step or VP step, it's a lot of networking and your connections. To what extent is that true? It's very true. It is not who you know, it's who knows you. And this is something a lot of women are not comfortable with, which is networking. And some women, they don't make the time for it because we have a lot of responsibilities outside of the job. 
but networking and finding uh, supporters who I call like cheerleaders, people that are influential, that believe in us and help us get to the next level, that is beyond important. What I see a lot is so many women, they want to do a great job and they think if they do a great job, somehow somebody is going to recognize them and promote them and help them. It doesn't work that way. We need to network, we need to promote ourselves, and we need to ask for the promotion and negotiate our salaries in order to continue to move forward. But most importantly, we need to learn our value, which that's something that I realize is missing. So many women, they don't know their value and they don't know how to ask for how much their value is. Yeah, so it is, we're going through a major transition for women around the world. And that's why educating, coaching, inspiring these women right now is so important because when, as we're growing, we're helping other women across the chain and we're helping the next generation mm -hmm. of women. And how would you advise somebody to get started on getting to that network? For example, I'm talking about those senior engineers that are in their cubicle and they don't know them. Like you said, where do they even begin? Do they just reach out to other people for meetings or? Yeah. So there's going to be two types of networks. One of them internal within the company. And the second one is external. The internal is what women we would need to continue to do is to make ourselves visible and ensure that executives and senior level people know that we exist. So I recommend for the women I coach all the time, identify an individual that you think is influential within your company and schedule an introduction interview with that person. Maybe you're inviting them for a coffee in the cafeteria or lunch or just sitting in their office. Be very prepared with questions that you want to learn from that person about their journey, what worked for them. And even build, continue to build relationship with that person by maybe meeting with them every quarter or every six months. So that is important and it is internal within the company. Now, the external, it is as important. And we do that by belonging to organization, professional organizations that specialize in an area that we are passionate about, that is important for our career progress. And making the time to go and attend those events and take even leadership roles within those organizations. Does this require more time and courage and it gets us out of our comfort zone? Absolutely. Is it going to be powerful to help us to get to the next level and build a network of people to help us? Absolutely. So this is something very important for us to think about. It is an investment in our time, in our career. Yes, exactly. And like you said, well, a coach, you pay for the coach, but it's important to invest in yourself in those ways, I think. Yeah. And even us, like we have our own coaches. I have three coaches that I'm working with right now to help me as I'm building my business and getting to know more of who I am. So just the fact that we are coaches doesn't mean that we arrived our destination and we are good to go. It doesn't work like that. We are continuing to develop ourselves as coaches. And at the same time, the more we grow, the more we become self-aware, that's when we're helping our coaches so much more. Um, so it's a, it's a journey and we need to continue to invest in ourselves, everybody. Maya, did you want to add something to that? 
Oh, yeah. What Dima was saying about uh, networking, it really, really resonated with me because when I first started thinking about uh, founding my own company, it was just so overwhelming. I felt that I didn't know anybody in this space and I didn't really know how to get started. And then once I uh, felt committed to doing it, I simply went online and I was shocked to discover how many groups and meetups and events Silicon Valley has for networking. It is unbelievable. On any given week, you can easily go to three networking events. And once you start going, it is really not that complicated to meet people. It's really sort of just about um, the willingness and the desire and perhaps the ability to make time for it. Yeah, this is the perfect place. (laughs) And some women may hear that and they may think, oh, I don't have time. I have uh, like my kids and my husband and I don't have time to go networking three times a week. And the answer is don't. Figure out what would be that what would work for you. Is it every other week? Is it once a month? Whatever the duration or the amount of time you can go network, it's okay. Just make sure you do it. Make sure you put it on your calendar. Mm -hmm. And because this is extremely important. Yes. And I think the hard part is for some people might be to just start showing up to these meetups, especially if you don't know anybody. So I guess it I would recommend just telling a friend and the two of you can go together and then it just becomes easier if that's a problem for some people. Yeah, as long as you don't keep talking to each other the entire event. That's true. (laughs) And not make time to meet new people. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I know two women that here, they live in Baton Rouge, where the city I live in, and they're young and they're women in IT. They're wonderful, but they're two introverts and they're very uncomfortable networking. So this is exactly what they do. They go together. And as they're talking with other people, they stay together, but they're talking to the third person or they have two other people that they're talking to. So this way they created a support network for each other and encouraging each other to continue to network, even though they're uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I just um, wanted to add a little bit to that because I consider myself sort of an introverted networker. And so I think the whole perception of networking somehow is along the lines of how many business cards can you collect? So people, you know, tend to forget that it's okay to build a deeper relationship with just one or two people at this big event or, you know, where there are hundreds of people versus, you know, getting some 25, 30 business cards. And in fact, that's how I met Dima. You know, it was a big conference and, you know, just establishing one or two, uh, talking to one or two people on a deeper level, I find is much more fulfilling than, you know, just being a butterfly. So for me, as a sort of an introverted network, that's the strategy I sort of has been working for me. And and I appreciate those relationships much more. Yes. And Seema, where do you see square circle going next what's on the roadmap (laughs) that's a great question you know Adina actually ideally I shouldn't have to exist if all is fair in the world and everything goes well a platform like square circle should have to exist because the whole point is you're trying to integrate into mainstream you're trying to get the women's voices heard so ideally there comes a time when society does that naturally and i don't have to exist anywhere in the world 
So by the way, we also, we are in India. We've launched in India last year. Mm-hmm. So that is my goal, to not exist. <laughs> <laughs> However. Yeah, and I actually talked to the CEO of Women Who Code, and she said the exact same thing. She's like, I don't want to exist pretty soon. So we better get working on improving on this area. Also me, I'm not really a fan of the name of this podcast, but I'm just putting the label to raise awareness of we are not just talking about what it feels to be a woman in tech. We actually put important things to the table in these technical discussions. So I'd like to add that, you know, as a professor, all the way through my schooling, all the universities I've been in try to figure out how are we going to attract more women to computer science, what's going on and what we can do about it. So it's absolutely wonderful to see that you guys are doing something about it. You're actually making a real difference. Thank you. A lot more successfully than uh, even some organizations that have a lot of resources behind them manage to accomplish. So um, I think that for a long time, uh, we need people like you making a real difference the way you are right now. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for taking the time to join and talk about your experiences in the tech field and leadership and using Square Circle. Thanks for having us, Irina. Thanks for having us. Thank you. If you like this discussion, Square Circle coaches like Sima and Dima are developing a workbook to help guide you through your journey in becoming a leader and an influencer in the tech industry. In this workbook, you will get practical tips and suggestions that will take you from being an observer of the tech industry to becoming a leader and an influencer. This ebook will be available on April of this year on the Square Circle website. So go to squarecircleglobal.com and stay tuned for more information. <laughs>